0: your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to The Melancholy Condition. Welcome to season two. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free ridiculously easy to use and now anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast and that means you can get paid to podcast right away in fact that's what i'm doing right now by reading this ad the reason why i love anchor is just because it's easy it's simple it's on my phone i don't use any exterior hardware i don't got to do anything really but just pick up my phone open the anchor app press record invite my guests and boom you have the Melancholy Condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Awesome. Welcome, everybody, to the Melancholy Condition. You are listening to episode two of season two, and we have the wonderful Devro Walton here. Devro, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I am a confidence coach for women based in Dallas, Texas. I help them to enhance and elevate their lives through the power of mindset, wardrobe, and charisma.
0: Awesome. So um, I forgot to mention this earlier while we were off air. My mom actually lives in Dallas. And I may have you link up with her just because this is something that I think that she could benefit from. Um,
1: awesome yeah yeah so how
0: long <laughs> have you been in dallas
1: i've been in dallas it'll be four years next month oh my goodness i can't how fast time flies
0: <laughs> so um first thing i want to talk about off air or that was something that we mentioned off air was um your opinions on how style can impact uh i guess one's individuality and the mindset behind the individuality what do you think the strongest point is, I guess, as far as like what you do and the way that you do it? How can it really impact someone's life?
1: Sure. So I have um, the pleasure and honor of, of working with women one-on-one, but I also do speak quite frequently. And one of my favorite talks to give, my, one of my favorite presentations is called Style is Your Superpower. And What a lot of people don't realize about style is that it's incredibly useful as a tool for you to position yourself for success. Now, I want you to think about in any situation, whether it's personal or professional, you are meeting someone new, right? Mm -hmm. So you're walking up to them, you're getting ready to introduce yourself, you're so excited to share your name and what you do and where you're from and who you are. But here's the deal. Before you can even open your mouth, you are visually speaking. (laughs) So your outfit is communicating. And what a lot of people don't realize is that what you wear is so incredibly impactful for your success and really for your happiness, your sense of being self-confident and self-aware. Because when you are looking your best, what happens is you are not only feeling your best, so you can be your best, but you will certainly enhance and upgrade the inf- and influence the um, opinion and really and truly just the perception that others have of you. So it's really, it can make or break your career in some fields, um, you know, especially conservative fields like legal or even real estate. Yeah, if definitely. a realtor showed up <laughs> to show me properties for homes and I'm looking to spend, let's say, I don't know, $400,000 on a high rise in downtown Dallas and he's wearing sweatpants or she is wearing, you know, even worse, yoga pants. I'm not going to be buying a home from that realtor. Yeah, I mean, of just course. point blank. <laughs> what, if they
0: were, what if they were like uh, Gucci sweatpants? Is that still a no?
1: Well... I am, because this is the world I live in, this is my industry, Uh, I'm biased. I'm so very biased because I honestly feel like you should be able to, in a professional context, really present yourself appropriately and for someone to show up for their job in their profession, wearing sweatpants, even if they are designer label I'm not interested okay. unless no, you're no, a personal I had to, trainer. I had to ask. If you're a personal trainer, then I totally expect it. Okay. Yeah, for <laughs>
0: sure. No, I had to ask just cause like, I don't know. Sometimes I've had questions about um, how certain people view. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know designer even from just looking at it. You know what I mean? So right. I just, it was just the question that kind of popped up. Um, but a hundred percent, I agree with what you say, especially as far as like advancing, you know, how people look at you. So, I have um, a day job now. I didn't used to, but now I work as a teller at a bank, right? So this podcast—oh, yes, this podcasting kind of is—you know, for now at least um, it's just a side thing. But I enjoy doing the time for it. But as you know, um, as a teller, as a guy in any type of um, business environment, guys always we're restricted to slacks, shirts, and ties, right? Mm-hmm. So. Which is great because, you know, I like to typically buy shirts that hug my arms a little bit tighter than usual, and it makes me look good. Um, (laughs) But one thing that happened the other day was I was walking into the store, I think, and some older lady, like, she looked at me. She made eye contact, looked down, smiled, and just held the door for me. And I'm not used to, you know what I mean, as a guy, That gender role flipped. She's an older lady, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I should hold the door for her, but that kind of flipped on me, and it just made me uh, kind of reconsider, like, maybe the way I'm dressed really has an effect on how people, you know, like you said, that first visual judgment, Um, because I know for sure in my casual wear, that probably wouldn't have happened.
1: So here's the deal. And this is why I've titled my talk style is your superpower when I give this presentation, because quite honestly, it is a superpower if you are using it effectively. When someone is dressed up, there have been multiple psychological studies about this. And psychology is actually what I studied many, many years ago when I was in college and undergrad. And so I love reading about this research. And there's been so many studies where people are comparing just only based on what they're wearing there was one study where a gentleman was crossing the street it was a pretty pretty busy intersection so I'm like imagining it's you know New York with hustle and bustle going on Mm -hmm. lots of cars flying down the road they don't drive they fly there (laughs) (laughs) and this guy was wearing you know a painter's uniform so he had paint stains and he was carrying you know a bucket He clearly was, you know, at work, doing a job. Well, when he crossed the street, no one followed him. But when he, the same man, was wearing a business suit with a briefcase, when he crossed the street, people followed him across at a different street corner. And that just goes to show the power of perception. Mm -hmm. So you can totally proactively manage your reputation just based on how you're appearing
0: yeah no, 100 percent. That's crazy. So um a, while you are looking at that, I kind of I typically will try to keep my computer on me um, just to kind of see what I can find. and I found a article on Forbes by Forbes Women that talks about clinical psychologist Dr. Jennifer Baumgartner. I definitely butchered that. Um, wrote the book on the phenomenon, which she calls the psychology of dress. Have you read this?
1: I have not read that book, but it's so funny you mentioned that because I literally just ordered it on Amazon like yesterday. Uh So it should be here Monday. I can't wait to read it. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) So
0: do you know anything about like as far as what that book is kind of about?
1: Well, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept that, you know, there's two sides of the coin to style working for your benefit. One side is really that once you are dressed for success, if you will, or as I like to say, dressed to impress, You're impressing two people. You're impressing yourself, the person you see in the mirror, but you're also impressing others around you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just think about when you are showing up at the bank, and of course you have that dress code that's strictly enforced, but let's think about if you showed up and the dress code didn't exist. So you could wear denim jeans with rips and holes in them. You were wearing maybe skateboard sneakers and a old t-shirt that had a pizza stain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing out this example <laughs> outfit. No, okay. But when you show up for work looking like that, your mindset and how you are doing your job, how you're executing your job role is really not going to be on the same level and same standard compared to when you are dressed up. Yeah. So how you're showing up in life is so incredibly important. When you think about being ambitious, having life goals, wanting to maybe get out of feeling like you're stuck in a rut, and that's typically the place where a lot of women come in and hire me, they need my help, because they're, you know, really just stuck in the same place of their, of their life, not being able to progress. And so when you realize that you actually have that power, and the power really does start from your mindset one amazing way to start seeing massive change and massive improvement is by just dressing better mm-hmm. because when you dress better you're going to feel better about yourself and that's going to in part influence and impact to elevate how you're acting and how you're enjoying life and the world around you
0: so i have a quick question sure um, you know i agree with everything that you're saying as far as you know dressing better definitely changes your the way that you feel the way that you look at yourself you kind of looking at yourself like a little bit of a spotlight like whoa maybe i kind of look good these pants make me look good you know this shirt kind of makes me feel a little bit better i, I got my hair's combed and my beard you know what i mean things like that um so in the sense of people whenever you get depressed right so a lot of people including myself this is all from personal experiences where i'm coming from um getting depressed and dressing in like a compression shirt and some baggy sweats and laying in bed all day. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now that is a, it's a comfortable attire, right? It's comfortable. You can be lazy in that attire. You can do nothing in that attire. Be all right. If you go somewhere, majority of the time go shopping, people aren't going to ask you where something is, but if I were to go in my work outfit, someone might. So what do you think, the psychological effect of say dressing better when you have nothing to do, say you're starting to feel down. Right. And you think in the morning, am I going to get up and get ready or should I stay in bed and lay around all day? What do you think the, I guess on both sides of the mirror, um, psychological effects are of just like for, like on a day off, you know, getting up and getting ready or do you relax?
1: I love that question. I think, You know, everything is important in moderation. So it's like, I think about, um, you know, the ability to enjoy desserts and indulge in certain decadent things. You can have them just not every day, all day, right? Like you can't have donuts for three meals a day. I mean, come on. So I think of style the same way. Um, you know, if you've got a day off work and you really just want to relax, you want to enjoy just being able to rest that's that time is so important and that's crucially necessary for you to be healthy to be honest yeah. mentally and physically but i will say to be maybe you're out of work and um, or you're in transition and so you're spending a lot of time at home you're not going out you don't have anywhere to go or you don't have any obligations that require you to leave your home what are you wearing on a daily basis so you know, psychologically, it's really, really easy to reinforce feeling like crap mm-hmm. every single day when you're not doing anything to take care of yourself, you're not doing, doing anything to be proactive in accomplishing or striving your goals. So, you know, to get out of feeling like, okay, I literally have been in the same outfit, in the same mindset for the last 60 days, and nothing has changed to start making those incremental adjustments and improvements, I would really recommend someone to start with personal grooming. So, you know, for men, it could be, you know, shaving. Um, For ladies, you know, maybe putting on a little bit of makeup, doing your hair. Of course, washing your face. Personal hygiene is very important. But when you're depressed, that's something that can easily just I'm not even going to bother. No one's going to see me today. So why wash my face? You know, that's something that can easily fall to the wayside. So it's, it's really about being able to pull yourself out of that hole. And it starts with, you know, just the basics, Mm -hmm. being able to um, groom yourself, enjoy that personal hygiene. And once you start to feel better in your skin, physically, you know, just you, you can, you know, instead of wearing maybe just an old stained t-shirt, you can, Find something nicer to put on, but I actually uh, encourage uh, my clients to when they are spending time at home lounging. this is not working, mm-hmm. but when they're lounging to wear something I would call as house clothes, these are just lounge wear clothing casual attire because you don't want to ruin you know something that is more expensive or a nicer item when you're enjoying cooking and following a YouTube recipe and you spill a sauce stain on something that's lighter color and you it's damaged. You can't ever wear it again. So I certainly think, um, you know, when you're just lounging, there's a way to lounge and be comfortable, but getting feeling stuck in a rut and staying stuck in a rut can really, you know, it can feel like you just have a, a heavy weight on your shoulders and, you know, feeling empty, feeling like you're without hope or you're lost or confused, or you're just, at a dead end in life, there's definitely a way out of that dark and, and dismal place. And so it just starts with making those tiny little adjustments so you can improve your mindset and start to feel good about who you are and how you feel. And once that change starts to shift, everything else will improve as well.
0: I like that. I like that. So um, with your, the field that you've chosen um, I assume being online, you probably get a lot of people like kind of like asking you questions, either in comments or like, you know, messaging you, um, what made you, or let me redirect it. How much of, um, of a difference is there between the men and women that actually contact you? Cause I'm pretty sure there's probably some men that contact you, right? Like regarding, For sure. regarding some of the same, you know, confidence issues, but they don't want to make it too public. What made you want to choose, you know, targeting towards women?
1: Sure. And, um, you know, confidence is is a problem for everyone, for uh, men, for women, for young people, for older, more seasoned people. And so it really, it it can make or break your success um, for sure. It's so important. So um, I fell into really dedicating my time and, and working with women exclusively just because, quite honestly, women are challenged with, with a different um, life perspective and, and different life circumstance just because of gender. Mm-hmm. So in the workplace, there are so many issues, I, I can't even count, um, that come up just because someone is a woman you know, her lack of credibility, her um, ability to really be respected, there are just scores and scores of issues in the workplace around being confident. And then of course, that spills over into a personal, um, your personal life and how you're living and and managing your life um, as a woman, whether it's dating, marriage, family, kids, in-laws, whatever. Um, And so what I found was that certainly men do have challenges, but women's challenges are are far greater. And it's just a, a much bigger need. Mm-hmm. And it's a ripple effect. Um, you know, in most families, of course, the father is a very important figure. But the mother is really there as the foundation for the family taking care of the children when you forget your lunch and you're at school or you forgot your gym bag, who are you going to call? You're going to call your mom, right? Yeah. And so there's just so many ways to impact the world through focusing on women. And so I just decided um, after working with both genders, I I would be exclusive to supporting women.
0: That's cool. I think that that's probably, I mean, is there a lot of people, I guess, in your field that kind of focus on, kind of like fashion and style as the primary highlight too? Is that, because that's kind of where you're heading, right? Is...
1: So I'm in an interesting place yeah. <laughs> because my my business is is really a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm out networking or just, you know, meeting people at dinner parties and mixers and happy hour, et cetera, um, what I like to say is that, I'm a stylist for not just your wardrobe but also your life. Because people don't know what confidence coach is. Confidence coach, what's what's that? Yeah. Um, but you know, I do the the wardrobe piece and that's a huge part. Um, but another huge part is really the mindset. So there's a lot of strategies that I teach and work with my clients on around the energy that they're bringing to themselves, to life, their vibration, their ability to master their self-talk and their thoughts and visualization, manifestation. So there's a lot of elements there. Um, And then another part of of the trifecta is charisma, body language, power positioning, being able to learn how to charm a room, how to command attention, how to be respectful and, and really feel like a boss and you know, present yourself in the manner of being appealing to others. And so it's really like three different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people that certainly focus on just one, but what I have found is that working with women on just style style is not the only thing they need help with. They, they need to learn how to master those social skills. Yeah. They need to learn how to master their mindset and really harness the power of their thoughts And so it's really become a lifestyle thing. And um, that's just a huge part of being able to level up and upgrade who you are is looking at every area, not just one area, because you can certainly be socially charming. But if you look like a homeless person, it's only going to get you so far. And your mindset to be able to reinforce those positive thoughts and set you up on
0: uh Oh, was I on mute? No, no, no. You're there. You're there. Oh, I was okay. I'm just listening. I'm just listening.
1: Oh, okay. My phone says mute. <laughs> I... That is so odd. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry about dear. that. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay. You're fine. Um, and so your ability to really be able to reinforce those thoughts and maintain that level of success, you can't, have a long-term sustainable strategy for success without being able to really harness and use the power of your mindset. So it's really a package deal. And there's a lot of people, both men and women, that do just one piece. Mm -hmm. Um, But I certainly have found that it's very, very valuable to have all three.
0: That's kind of similar to how they kind of teach you to read people as far as like um, body language and psychology, right? Is they tell you, you know, you can look for either, you know, your gestures, gesturing body language, um, facial expressions, or even like nervous tics, right? But it's not something that you can say, like, a look to the left means somebody's lying. It's kind of you have to put a lot of the different signals all into one. So that's kind of similar, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, most of the women that I work with, they find themselves not comfortable being the loudest or most energetic person in the room. So they're a bit introverted, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're a little bit shy. They're certainly coming out of depression or they are in depression when they need some help. And it's really just their ability to learn that, wow, it's actually an option for me to be charming and beautiful and feel good about myself. For some women, They've never had that and they never thought they could be charming. They thought it was just one of those things that if you've got it, you hit the genetic lottery, like, you Mm -hmm. know, good looks. But it really is um, a sense of skills that you can master and really be able to position yourself effectively so that you can be influential in every area of your life.
0: So for any of the listeners that are like kind of tuning in right now and they're thinking, you know, about the things you're saying about how maybe they aren't the most confident person or maybe that they don't feel like in life they've done a lot because they're limiting themselves to a certain uh, personality trait. What and the, the, maybe they're thinking like, um, you know, well, that's not me. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just not that good with my words. But that it's not because I didn't choose. I'm just not good with my words. Why should I have to get good with my words? What is something that you can advise to the listeners? Like, what's the point of it, right? So a lot of that's what a lot of people before they try something new, they have to understand the benefits of it. And they have to see the value of these things, right? So in your position, if someone, anyone that's listening, and they think, well, maybe, I maybe I could get better. But what's the point?
1: Sure. And I think that's a great question. And so there's always a group of people that want the charming factor, they want to be charming, they just don't know how and they think it's not an option. But for those that kind of shrug it off, what you have to realize is that there is incredible power and incredible opportunities available when you are able to successfully socially connect with people. And when I say the word charming, or I say the word charismatic, I'm really just referring to your ability to be impressive and genuinely connect with someone. Now it's 2019, so now I'm on social media screens and phones, and that what makes what I do even more important because being able to socially interact with someone, carry on a conversation, and have a, a successful connection is really going to help you to live your best life, regardless of what you're interested in pursuing in your career, Uh, whether you want a job as as an employee at at a nine to five, you want to be a corporate executive or an investment banker. I mean, the list goes on and on, but your ability to socially connect with people and influence them and impress them is important for your success I mean, in every single relationship that you have, you're either going to have a positive or negative outcome. So even with, you know, let's say, for example, someone has moved to a new city, you're going out on the weekends, you want to make friends, you want to be able to connect with someone and have a a nice conversation with a positive outcome. And the ability to be able to connect with people on the social level in person is something that's never gonna go away. I know we're gonna be more automated in the future and that's great, but even though technology is certainly something we will continue and increase our reliance upon, we definitely will still be dealing with people in every area of our lives. Yeah. So it's really important to be able to do that and, and do it effectively
0: hundred percent. I, you know, I mean, even if the world becomes hundred percent digital and we lose face to face contact that, I mean, I don't know. I've met some pretty dull people before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even with like through texts, through calling people, it's very short. It's one ended because a lot of people close them off to close themselves off to conversation. It's a little weird for some people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now my next question is, do you know what um, neuro linguistic programming is?
1: Absolutely. And that's such a hot topic. Um, I can't believe how much it's gotten. It's really increased in popularity. I would say in the last like two years, it's like really taken off.
0: It's crazy. (laughs) No, Okay, so like, this is a little weird thing. But um, I remember one time I found this stack of books. I'm a big reader. And uh, it wasn't my cousin's books. He just gave me a handful of them. And one of them was like, how to take control of your enemy or something like that. And, you know, it was a little weird of a book, but I started looking into it, and a lot of it was primarily based around linguistic programming, or NLP. And it just, it was weird at first, because it was my first time ever hearing about it. I was thinking about it, and then later on that year, someone brought it up and kind of related it to Tony Robbins, and they were talking about, like, the whole behind-the-scenes process of, like, who they pull out whenever they're doing um, – whenever Tony will ask a question, right? And he says, like, how many people in, the, in this audience feel like they're just not enough? And then, you know, people will obviously raise their hand, but I guess there's a huge scenario of people in the background that are looking through, like, email submissions, looking for, like – worst case scenarios where people are like you know i'm going to this show because i'm about to kill myself you know things like that Mm -hmm. and so i've noticed that a lot of i guess you could say life coaches use this kind of programming technique of letting people kind of find out who they are is that is that kind of like where it kind of runs into right especially when you're trying to channel somebody's self-confidence and they can't quite do it themselves
1: Yes. You know, it's really the, the um, ability to identify the patterns, you know, the things that you're regularly thinking about with, and connecting that to the things you're regularly doing. Um, So it's those patterns of thoughts and behaviors so that you can really learn how to make those shifts and and pivot for success. NLP is, is certainly um, a hot topic. And, it's definitely very powerful. It's not the basis of what I do, but the foundational principles are very, very similar.
0: Okay, interesting. Cool. Um, So I guess within your like core studies for obviously the podcast, this one is based around mental health and, you know, anxiety, depression, and self improvement, self motivation. What kind of advice like what does something someone that's listening right now and they're kind of taking all this in and like you know this is some interesting things you know maybe it's a woman maybe it's a guy maybe they're having some issues with self-confidence maybe they don't always dress to look okay maybe they just throw on whatever um what is a piece i guess a little tidbit of advice that you can tell somebody that knows like right now they're like hey I need something. I need to do something with myself. I just don't know what. What's the first thing you would typically advise someone?
1: Okay. So when I work with clients, I always start with the mindset piece and then I do wardrobe and then I do charisma and social um, communication skills. Okay. But for the purpose of answering your question, I really want to talk about the power of
0: intention. Okay. So obviously without giving away, you know, something that sure. someone would buy from some of you. You know what I mean? Without, you know, sure. this is obviously all free. I don't want to jeopardize um your work, but as as freely as possible, kind of yeah, talk about where you're going. No
1: problem. And I, I talk about this on YouTube. So the the way you're living, um, the things you're doing in in terms of how you are enjoying or or maybe just where you're at in your lifestyle where you're at in your life whether or not you're happy or satisfied or unhappy with where you are you always have a choice okay you have a choice with what you think you have a choice with what you say you have a choice with what you do and you have a choice with what you wear now the power of intention is when you are able to wake up and realize the fact that that choice is on the table. That choice is available to you. Yeah, You can, on a Saturday afternoon, binge watch Netflix. Or you can, on a Saturday afternoon, let's say, for example, you are really interested in switching careers. Mm-hmm. You have a love for, I don't know, personal finance. And you're working as an administrative assistant or you're working maybe in a different field at a gym or you're just in a job where you are, are very unhappy. And that's the reality is that probably over 50% of people working are not happy with their current job. So, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, you can actually be proactive, take a few hours, get online, look up what it would take to make that career transition, to make the change that you're wanting to change or you can just stay where you are, but no one will ever make that choice for you. And so the decision is always on the table. And once you are, when you're in a place, when you feel hopeless or you're just at a dead end, you're stuck in a rut, you know, once you're able to say, I'm not only wanting to change, but I'm ready to, that's when you can start to take action. Because sometimes, regardless of judgment, whether or not you are spending a couple of days, weeks, months, or even years feeling like you're just not living your best life, you really have to be able to take action in order for there to be a change. Yeah. And so for you to maybe be stuck in that place, but you're not ready to take action, then it's just, it's not your time because you have to feel inspired and empowered to make the, take the action, make the initiative for what you're going to do. Otherwise you may, you know, do something and progress for two weeks and then fall back into the slump you were once in. It's kind of like dieting, like yo-yo dieting, right? So when you really want that long-term success, you want to get to the next level, but when you're ready for it, it's not just that desire, but it's that willingness to say, yeah, okay, I'm going to do what it takes. That's when you can use the power of intention for your benefit and take that first step and just take one step at a time to improve your life so that you can transform to really step into your personal power and live your best life.
0: So do you have any clients that like, I mean, not to release any confidential information, but as far as like someone that you're trying to help, right? They're they're bringing to you their, their plate and you catch them you catch them slowly, slowly, like maybe once every couple weeks, kind of resorting back to something that they've agreed, you know, because at least correct me if I'm wrong, but typically with um, any type of coaching, one of the first things that you do is kind of draw out what your bad habits are, right? Kind of draw out the things that you're trying to diminish and to see what you can maybe replace it with. Sure. Okay. So Mm -hmm. do you have, have, or at least have you ever had a scenario where Someone had that issue where they were kind of resorting back to something that, you know, was supposed to be getting something that you're supposed to get rid of or something that, you know, you're supposed to be improving. But you're kind of like they're kind of falling back to the old habits. Sure.
1: So um, I was working with a law student, mid 30s, and she really wanted to start feeling better about her existence in really just the world in general, but that's also feeling like she would be, um, Oh, sorry.
0: I said, that's a popular one. Like, Oh yeah, whole, absolutely. I would say the past, I don't know. Anyone from 18 to 40 is probably looking at something like that, whether it be a severe, like, something just kind of minuscule, right? Like everybody kind of wants to feel like they're, they're meaningful, kind of have some kind of purpose.
1: Absolutely. And, and really be, be able to give an impact and and have an impact on the world. And so, you know, from a career standpoint, she was transitioning into law after she was finishing school, she was going to take the bar and, and um, work at some law firms. And so that was completely different from her prior career um, in accounting. And so, you know, it really was a, a challenge for her with, with the mindset in terms of, of what she was thinking when she would be faced with a challenge. And so what we had to do was just start shifting different actions that she was taking every day to, over time, have her reposition and pivot her overall thought process. But it really started with the ability to just take it one day at a time and do just a few things each day, a few small things to have that long-term effect. And there's something called um, nudging, Mm -hmm. which is a principle that Dr. Amy Cuddy talks about in her book, Presence. And the ability to nudge is really when you are making just small, tiny, incremental changes over time to have a big massive change over a long term. And so it's really using that that effect of, you know, instead of trying to eat a whole elephant in two bites, you're just taking one small step at a time so that you have that long term progress. But when you're in a position of pivoting and transforming, not just how you think, but who you are, it takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's not going to be overnight where automatically you're just always thinking the best thing ever and you're super positive and always smiling. No, it it certainly is a process. And so it's about really being able to be open-minded to give yourself grace and say, okay, I'm going to be making some changes and making some improvements, but I know it's not all going to happen in two days or two weeks. Yeah. So what can I do right now? What can I do today? to start making the changes for who I want to be in the future.
0: Do you ever get like any clients that are kind of, that have kind of calcified, I guess you could say, um, their willingness? Like, you know, any, it's easy to tell yourself, damn, like for right now I'm having a Pepsi. I had a long day at work and for some reason I wanted this Pepsi. I drank one. Okay. I know they aren't the healthiest. Now, I'm not always drinking Coke, but for someone that may be, right, they're like, damn, you know, I need, to, I need to quit drinking so much Coke. I need to quit drinking so much, but they never do it. And in your scenario, someone that's kind of like maybe been bullied their whole life, they grew up and then in the workplace, they just seem to not show enough confidence to where people kind of pick on them. And maybe they take things the wrong way and they feel like they're being picked on. And now they've kind of calloused over their brain like, okay, this is what's going to happen all the time. And this is just who I am how do you get someone out of that? Like, I, obviously it's a process, right? But how do you get somebody out of that thinking that, you know, that callous thinking, you know what I'm saying? It's less open-minded. It's very closed. They got so many walls up. How do you get someone in the process of making sure that you get rid of that?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's so important to first be able to realize that, right? So sometimes sometimes, it's like having a problem, but you don't necessarily know what that problem is. So being able to identify it is incredibly important. Now, for a pattern of, of being, feeling like you're always being picked on or you're always the victim, you know, it's really easy to stay in that place. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: it really starts, the, the transformation starts from being able to realize that you're more than that, you're you're better than that, and and one thing I like to have my clients do is write down affirmations claiming who they are, and yeah. I always talk about um, the power of choice, and so you have the full control to at any given point define who you are rather than other people defining you, because guess what, everyone in the world has an opinion. And most people today are very comfortable sharing it, whether it's to your face or behind your back. (laughs) So if you don't label yourself and you don't have that ability to own the label that you're going to place on yourself, then it's really easily to let other people define and label you for themselves. But it's to your benefit for you to really be proactive in deciding, okay, this is who I'm going to be. And this is how I'm gonna show up, and then you're reinforcing that with your actions. And so affirmations and, and just those positive sayings, those positive statements, those power phrases are so important to be able to remind yourself of who you are. It doesn't matter if everyone in the world around you is is calling you lazy or a sloth or or anything that's negative. What matters is what you say to yourself. And once you to say it to yourself enough and you believe in what you're saying when you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, I am strong, I am capable, I am successful. Once you really wholeheartedly believe that, you will start showing up in life that way to reinforce with your actions and behaviors who you have defined yourself to be.
0: I, um, let me see. Give me one second. I'm looking something up. Um, sure. So in my last season of the podcast, I talked a lot about affirmations and then to kind of dial back a little bit of what you said earlier, as far as, you know, the accountability factor. um, That's something I talked about as well, you know, kind of getting people, you know, it's easy to help someone when they're ready to be helped, but to know somebody needs a change, but they're not open to it is probably one of the hardest things that you can come into contact with, right? Because you're giving this person that Maybe they know they need to be helped, but they don't want it because they think it's all you know bogus. they think you know, oh, nobody can help me, I am who I am, you know what I'm saying, so something that I suggested a lot of my listeners to do in the last podcast was um that you know like you said, nudging those small little increments of improvement or you know correcting your impulsive behavior um i had or I suggested itineraries. Like something that helped me get through a lot of my depressive episodes is where I'd schedule something out for myself. Every night, I'd write what I'm going to do on a time block the next day. I would write about like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to wake up and eat some cereal. have to get up and get up and go eat. And then after that, I'm going to read for an hour. And then after that, I'm going to go to school. And after that, I'm going to go to work. And then when I get home from work, I'm going to go do some yard work. And then when I get done with the yard work, I'm going to try to do some homework. When I get done with my homework, I'm going to make some designs for my clothing line. Things like that. You know what I'm saying? So keeping yourself busy, I think that a lot of people that maybe they aren't confident or maybe they have some things that they want to change in their life. I think a lot of people dwell on that rather than making themselves so busy that, okay, until I can figure out what I want to start working on or that I need to start working on, maybe I should just occupy myself for now. Um, and then something that you said as far as the affirmations, let me see if I can finish. Um pulling this up.
1: Yeah, while you're looking that up, I think it's so incredibly important to be productive with your time. We all get the same 365 days a year. So for us to look at people and say, oh my God, Oprah Winfrey did this and she did that. She has this new show and Tony Robbins has gone on so many tours. Wow, how did they do that? Well, they use their time effectively. And so you know, we all have the same hours in a day. and It's about really being able to use your time and spend it wisely in, in places that you want to. And And for some people, you know, you're so busy all the time that maybe the best thing you can do for yourself is to relax, get a book or go on a walk with your dog or cook a meal, you know, do something relaxing. But for other times when you've been spending a lot of time relaxing maybe the best thing you can do with your time is something productive and so planning things out for the day ahead is incredibly powerful i love that
0: yeah so um yeah that's something, that's something that it wasn't even something that i studied it was really just something that i kind of started doing like i re- like t- typically even whenever i have like depressive episodes or anxiety episodes i'm pretty my mental fortitude is still pretty strong. Like I recognize that there's something wrong and it needs to change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And typically I get into that deep thought process where I'll go and meditate somewhere and just like, okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What needs to happen? What needs to change? What am I doing? wrong? Right? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that kind of like structure has helped me so far in life to where now it's like, I rarely get those episodes. My anxiety is very well under lock. You know what I'm saying? And I can even talk about a lot of like, traumatic things that happened in my life without revisiting it. You know what I'm saying? Like I can right. I can bring it up and share it as an experience without revisiting the emotional attachment that happened. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we I,
1: all know when something is
0: off, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something, and as you were saying, you know, earlier um, where people kind of get stuck in that rut and, you know, their confidence isn't the highest because they're constantly, you know, dwelling on their current situation. I think that's something that, like, is very necessary. I don't think people shouldn't feel those times in life. I think people should learn how to recognize that time of life and know, like, be able to transition. You know what I mean? I think those are very, very shaping, structuring moments. Whenever you look at yourself in the mirror, you're not happy with yourself. I think those are absolutely necessary.
1: Oh, definitely. You can only change what you can identify, so you have to be able to know what's wrong, so you can it. Hundred
0: percent. So back to your, um, we're talking about affirmations. Um, maybe you've heard of this. I know a lot of people have. This is something that I studied a long, long time ago. And every single time someone says something like, um, for instance, at work today. Uh, we were doing something and one of the other, my coworkers, she said something. She's like, oh, I'm so stupid. And I'm like, hey, relax. Like none of that. Don't say that. And then, you know, I get weird looks and I say stuff like that. But my thing is, is I don't believe in telling. If you can tell yourself, I'm successful, I'm powerful, I'm happy, I'm smart, I'm intelligent. And then that has an effect on you. I believe a hundred percent that when you tell yourself, oh, I'm dumb for doing that. Like it has the same effect. So a lot of the, you know, things that I bring up um, or one of my favorite studies is Dr. Masaru Imoto. Mas- Have you heard of his study? Um, the molecular structure of water.
1: No, I haven't. Please okay, do so tell.
0: <laughs> this is one of my favorite studies. Something that um Dr. Imoto did back in like the 50s, I think it was. Um, here, let me see if it if it says it on here. It doesn't show it, but I'll kind of read you the basis. Dr. Masaru Emoto was a Japanese author and entrepreneur who said that human consciousness has an effect on the molecular structure of water. Emoto's conjecture evolved over the years and his early work revolved around pseudo-scientific hypothesis that water could react to positive thoughts and words and polluted water could be cleaned through prayer and positive visualization. His conjectures and regards as unscientific have been proved wrong and his approach has been shown to contain many methodical mistakes or manipulations. Okay. So that part is probably just something that someone put online, but um, in 1999, there was a video. So just ignore the last two sentences, his hypothesis that water, the molecular structures could be um, affected through whether it be prayer thoughts or just the human consciousness. He talks a lot about the studies showed I think it was some water being put into some petri dishes, right? And his students would say things over them. Like they would he would they would say prayers over certain water or they would take um other water, like same they would get it from one source, like a big bucket, and everybody would get like an ounce of water and put it in this dish. And then, what they would do is each student would say something different over the water, and they would freeze it, and the ice crystals of each water was completely different, so like the kids that said prayers and positive things over the water, the ice crystals were perfect, they were symmetrical they were there was nothing out of wrong with them. It looked like you drew it with some rulers, you know what I'm saying, and then oh the wow, uh, yeah, the other water was like when they froze it, it was like jagged edges, like you know whenever you hit piece of ice and how it cracks all crazy
1: oh yeah that's it how it cracked.
0: Was. yeah yeah so and then they took another step further where someone tried to emulate the study with plants and they took water in the, the same water same environment of you know each plant was in the same environment there was nothing different as far as temperature air soil you know food whatever um, when what they did is they prayed over these plants and some of them would say hateful things over the plants. And then other people would like pray over the plants and say, I love you and tell you how great it was. Well, these plants, the one that had positive affirmations spoken over the plant grew to twice its height. And the other plant that had the hateful things spoken over it um, died early. It didn't even, mm. yeah, it didn't even fruit its flowers. So, I mean, whenever it taught you talk about affirmations, I always bring up this study because, that's something that's true. I mean, if you're 70% water or if whatever, anything in your body can be affected by your consciousness, they say that even some of the way that your neurons fire in your brain can be affected on how you talk because the words, the vibrations of your vocals and what they mean to you can control all that. So I always, always try to encourage affirmations as much as possible just because you never know like how much it can make a difference. You know what I'm saying? You wake up in the morning. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, please go ahead. I'm going to say when you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, oh, I have to get ready for work. I hate this job. You just think it. Nine times out of 10, you're going to be in a bad mood the rest of the day. But if you were to get up and be like, kind of how take your approach. You're looking good. You say to yourself, you know, today's going to be a good day. I'm happy I have a job. You know, you flip the script a little bit things play out differently.
1: Absolutely. And um, it's just so incredibly important to use your thoughts wisely because they're so powerful. They can impact so much. There's something I like to talk to my clients about, how to have a a heart of gratitude. And it's just being grateful for what you do have, focusing on what you're, you're grateful for in your life right now. Of course, it's great and it's important to have ambitions and goals, but it's also important to really look at at your current situation and focus on the positive elements in, in your life right now. We all want to make a change, whether it's a large change or a small change, we are all wanting to change and evolve. And most people are wanting to improve, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to get to the next level. So even... The, the most successful athletes, they still want to get to the next level, right? Yeah. So we're all changing, but it's also important to, as you are looking to make those life improvements, look for areas that you can be grateful for what you have right now. And affirmations are a huge positive way to have those nudges and use nudges for a great benefit to just reinforce the ideas and and the track that you want to be on for your life. While you can be content with where you are, you can still pursue the goals that you have for the future.
0: So kind of to add on to what you said, it just sparked in my head um, about athletes and, you know, how they're always wanting to get better. This kind of correlates, um, you know, With people in their lives, you know, you want to get better. You want to be able to use the right tools. Something I want to give the listeners, which I heard the other day, which absolutely blew my mind, is the fact that LeBron James spends $1.5 million every year on his body for recovery.
1: That's incredible, isn't it? Yes, that's wild.
0: So if you think about like if
1: you really think about it, like that is mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So not only the fact of like, you know, the money has nothing to do with it, but the fact that he's putting that much money or that much time into recovery, whether whether it be seeing therapists, whether it be doing like cryogenic therapy or stem cell therapy, like that's a lot of money being spent on recovery and, you know, there's to say why he's such a great athlete. So in order to tie it to kind of into our um, conversation, is like, you got to have those right tools and be able to invest in these tools, whether it be affirmation, whether it be, you know, uh, nudging, or, you know, the itinerary, everything that you can take from this conversation, being able to actually utilize it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I think is is a huge determining factor for people that are just interested versus interested and ready. Yeah. When you're able to hear great advice and you're just interested, it's like, Oh wow. Okay, cool, cool. But you're just going to sit there and, you know, keep living your life. But when you're interested and you're ready for a change, you're going to hear the inspiration, the encouragement and start taking action. So, I mean, in this world we live in with the internet, so much information is available online that when you're ready to start making those changes and really, truly seeing a transformation, you can always take action so that you can get closer to where you want to be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, Dang think there was one more thing I was going to say to you. I can't, I can't, it'll I come back I it. Oh, um, there it is it did come back what i was gonna say is, um, just like your um what you had said as far as someone that's interested versus interested and ready sometimes those conversations of people that are just interested is like those are necessary because later down the line you could have planted a seed you know what i mean that's why i try to give everybody that like everybody the same thing. If somebody comes up to me and I feel like they just need to hear what I have to say, I'll talk.
1: You never know. You just never know what can inspire someone or how it can touch their life or their heart in in an incredible, impactful way. And so um, I think it's just really important to, like you said, share with people what you have to say, but also let them make that choice. So, you know, personally for me and and for how I run my business working with clients, I only work with women who are are ready to change. If you're just interested, you're not going to be a great client, but you would probably love to watch my YouTube channel, right? But if you're interested and ready, you're in a place where you're open and willing to take that action. And taking the action is scary. It's hard. A lot of people I speak with, who are stuck in a rut or they're in a a dead end, they are fearful and it could be fearful of failure. Oh my God, what if I do this and it doesn't work? Or guess what? It could be fear of success. What happens if I do this and it works? What happens if I apply for the job and I actually get it? Then what? Oh my God, I, I just can't deal. So, I mean, fear is always there and it's important to recognize the fear but what's more important is for you to say okay hey fear i see you over there in the room now go in the corner because i'm about to do what i'm going to do and make it happen
0: so like you, you know that.
1: it's really about just letting the person make the choice and they'll make the best choice for them whenever they're ready
0: i like the way you put that i really do um,
1: awesome cool no 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 so
0: <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap up i have another episode that i didn't like i really booked myself to the tea today Um, if there's, is there, hopefully there's a lot that you took with this. Um, is there anything that you want to share with the listeners just real quick before we take off?
1: Yes, I think it's so important for you to realize that whatever life you want for yourself, you can have, it's not going to fall out of the sky. It's not going to just happen, but it's something you can create. And so when you are excited and empowered, to take the action, to create the life that you want, the life that you want to have will be yours. You can learn more about me, about my business at my website, themodernlady.com. My first book will be out in March. On March 1st, the information for that will be at themodernlady.com. It is called Je Ne Sais Quoi. And I'm on YouTube at The Modern Lady. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, Darius. Devro,
0: you're amazing. Thank you so much for jumping on the show with me. Um, Maybe sometime down the year, I'll bring you back. Um, We'll be in contact, all right? Thank you guys so much. I
1: love that. Thank you so much. Okay, bye.
0: Hopefully, you've had an amazing time listening to this podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, I have a few questions to ask. One, if you'd like to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition. There's a button on there that allows you to support just a dollar a month to help the future episodes of this pro- uh, podcast progress. Secondly, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, do me a huge favor and just give it a rating. If you wanted to give it a five star, great. If you wanted to give it a one star, even better. If you want to just go ahead and tell me everything that I'm doing wrong or everything that I'm doing right, I would absolutely love it. Just anything helps. And second, thirdly, if you have anybody that you'd like to send this podcast to, anybody that you think this episode particularly or any other episodes they may benefit from, do that and just share it with them. Thank you so much.